Thanks to Grammarly for supporting Market Foolery. Grammarly is a communication tool that helps people improve their writing to be mistake-free, clear, and effective. Start writing confidently by going to grammarly.com/fool to get 20% off a Grammarly premium account today. It's Wednesday, April 3rd. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill. Joining me in studio, it's Emily Flippin. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me again, Chris. We've got some earnings we're going to get to. We're going to dip into the full mailbag. We're going to get to one of your areas of expertise. I know you have many areas of expertise, but we're going to get to one with um, the growing trend of uh, cannabis legalization. We'll get to all of that. Let's start with what. Unfortunately, we're going to start with GameStop. Uh, it was a rough fourth quarter for GameStop, uh, but. Even worse, the video game retailer warned that uh, there's probably going to be a loss in the first quarter, the current quarter that we're in right now. Um, shares down 5%. I'm looking for a silver lining with GameStop, and I can't find one. Yeah, I should have told you this before I came on, Chris, but you could not have picked a worst analyst to come on and <laughs> give commentary about GameStop because. I've I've had a long and complicated relationship with GameStop. Do tell. Oh well, you know, at GameStop, it's been a terrible investment. But in my opinion, a terrible investment because management has always just made terrible decisions. And for a while, I was a big believer, and I, in a sense, still am, in GameStop's ability to to change its business model for the better, to make it something that exists in five or ten years. Uh, and that hedged on, you know, GameStop has this amazing refurbishment facility out in Texas. They're the only people really capable of buying, refurbishing, selling games, and they never really tried to do anything with it. It was always this, you know, back of their mind business model. And so for me, it's it's a frustrating stock to look at because at this point, there's really no saving GameStop. It's 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 definitely down and out at this point. I'm not sure if there's a silver lining purely because management, which by the way, they're getting a new CEO in April, uh, but CEOs turned over a ton. They just have no vision. They're just sitting there getting their little dividend, you know, ringing out the company for what it's worth, then moving on. Yeah, we've talked on this show before about executive turnover at Tesla and executive meaning just sort of the executive suite. In some ways, that pales in comparison to GameStop, which this is going to be their fifth CEO in just over a year. That's that's got to be so depressing for so many people who work at that company. Well, it's clear that the company has no vision. And I joked talking about GameStop earlier today with Aaron Bush, and I made the joke that you know at least Sears and Eddie Lampert. He had a plan. It was not a plan to return. It was return. not a great plan. It was, it was not a plan to return value to shareholders. But man, did he have a plan to return value to himself, and he did it. And at least there was an underlying goal with that company. With GameStop, it's clear they're just flailing, and they've been flailing for a long time. We'll keep an eye on it, but we're going to move on. Um, on the flip side, Dave and Buster's had a pretty solid fourth quarter. Uh, same store sales came in higher than expected. Uh, shares of Dave and Buster's up about four or five percent this morning. They look like they are doing a very good job of not only just operating well quarter after quarter, but also not really sitting on their hands. 
Yeah, definitely. They've been expanding aggressively. They've done a great job marketing you know, this kind of reformed Dave & Buster's, where it's a trendy, fun spot for adults to hang out after work or on the weekends. Been running a ton of promotions, including happy hours and food specials, trimming down the business model to make it look more sleek and exciting, changing up the uh, the amusements to be more modern and high-tech. So, they're actually doing an impressive job. I, I will say that the company you know, while it beat on this quarter, they still expect same source sales to be flat to the range of one zero to one point five percent over the next uh, fiscal twenty nineteen, and you know that to me is a little bit concerning, especially because you see this pop today. But ultimately, net income while it beat expectations, it's still down seventeen percent year over year. So it's not like this is a really high growth business, but they're definitely taking steps to change its brand and change the awareness of the company. Yeah, the idea that well, this you know some would in the years past derisively refer to this as Chuck E. Cheese for adults. But to your point, they're doing a good job of refreshing the games that they have. And they're also doing a good job of slimming down their menu and just saying, you know what, we don't actually need we just need to have enough food and make it be good enough. Um, so they're doing a good job with the menu. The food menu is being slimmed down. They're doing a good job with their drink promotions, um, which you know, think what you want about that. But that's you know, that's a a profit part of the business for them. So uh, it seems like they're they're doing well on the operating level. Did you get a sense of? Any plans they have for expansion? Um, I forget the company we were talking about. We were talking about some retailer last week. Um, maybe it was Five Below, and I was really surprised by how many uh, new locations Five Below is planning in this calendar year. Um, did, do you have a sense of what Dave and Buster's? Because among other things, management at Dave and Buster's has struck me as being pretty smart about not being overly aggressive. In opening new locations, yeah, they're definitely not being as aggressive as someone like Five Below is, but that's largely because Dave and Buster's already has a huge footprint. They are still expanding, though, so they're they're net expanding. Uh, and you kind of mentioned the food, and I know that we're going to touch on this a little bit later, but you know they're doing a good job of kind of staying trendy with their menu. One of the the foods that they're bringing on is actually the Impossible Burger, so a, a meat alternative burger. They're they're now offering at their locations. Uh, as part of that slimmed down menu. So it's going to be a fun company to watch. I'm not really sold at this point, though. The Food and Drug Administration announced its first public hearing uh, on legalizing CBD in food and drinks. Speaking of food and beverages, um, is going to be on May 31st. We had talked last week about. Um, CVS and then Walgreens starting to sell uh, CBD lotions, sort of topical uh, uh, cannabis products uh, in their stores. This will certainly be an interesting hearing to watch unfold. When you look at this in your role, not just as an analyst, but as co-advisor of uh, our one of our uh, marijuana investing services, who stands to benefit from this? Well, I think there's a lot of companies that both stand to benefit and lose from the potential outcomes of this hearing. And and to be clear, I think I realize a lot of people who are interested in this space don't necessarily spend all their day researching, you know, the industry like the analysts here do. So to clarify, right, the listeners have jobs. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> they're going to school. They have jobs. They're like, no, that's why I listen to you people. Exactly. So to to clarify the difference between cannabis and CBD, THC, CBD is derived from the hemp 
um, part of cannabis, which is which was legalized in December. However, you'll see CVS, Walgreens, they're selling CBD products, but they're topical products. They don't have to go through the FDA to get approval. Anything that involves CBD that's being sold as a dietary supplement, that's what's affected by this upcoming hearing. And right now, virtually every company that's that's selling CBD is violating uh, FDA orders by selling it as a dietary supplement. They haven't been very proactive in going after these companies unless they've been the companies that are making extremely egregious claims that you know CBD will cure cancer or Alzheimer's. Those are the companies they're going after. Uh, but for basic companies that are just selling CBD oil and saying it's a dietary supplement, order online, the FDA is acknowledging, hey, you, you're outside the bounds. We're not going to you know, go up against you, but we are going to put a hearing on and determine whether or not CBD, A, should be sold as a dietary supplement, and B, should be sold in, if it is, sold in food and drinks. At the moment, you can't put CBD in any sort of edible or drinkable product. And it's interesting, because a, a CBD, it's it's acting in the space where it's both a drug, because there is a CBD-based drug that has been FDA-approved for epilepsy, and also acting as a dietary supplement. And those two things are naturally kind of against each other, because you're not going to be able to go and buy controlled substances, you know, just off the shelves of your local grocery store. And you know, the FDA has a big job ahead of them determining how they're going to handle CBD if, if it's both a drug but also being used as a dietary supplement. Depending on the outcome of this hearing, do you expect to see another wave of investment in the same way that last year we saw large companies, whether it was Altria, you know, Coca-Cola, Pepsi, either making direct investments or at least reportedly looking into investments? Should we expect some other wave coming, depending on the outcome of this? Yes, for sure. And I'm a big fan of making unsubstantiated claims. <laughs> <laughs> but I really do believe that the FDA is going to give approval for CBD to be used um, once it's proven safe and effective in things like food and drinks. And I fully expect, once the FDA has given that kind of final stamp of approval, we're going to see huge wave of investment into CBD, which is why I said I think companies stand to both benefit from it and lose from it. Because if you're one of the companies that's making these egregious claims, yet they're going to crack down on you. But if you're one of the companies that's selling a product, maybe a little bit under the table, admittedly, at this time, once you get that approval, it opens up so many doors. Quick shout out to Grammarly for supporting today's episode. Grammarly is a communication tool that helps people improve their writing to be mistake-free, clear, and effective. They encourage everyone even the best students, and that's who listens to our show, only the best students, uh, and top professionals. They encourage them to use Grammarly to do their best work and accomplish even more of their goals. They help people show their best self through writing, and it's available across platforms, including online browser extension, desktop editor, and mobile keyboard jack. They're trying to make it easy, the folks at Grammarly, which is one of the reasons we like them. It's available on multiple browsers like Chrome, Firefox, and Safari, multiple platforms like iOS, Android, Windows, Mac. You can check out their free product. It reviews critical spelling and grammar, but Grammarly Premium looks out for spelling, grammar, and a whole lot more. Structure, style within context, vocabulary suggestions, conciseness. So, if you're working on an essay for school, you're looking to punch up that business proposal or just your blog post, whatever, you should check out Grammarly Premium. It's so easy to use. I said this the other day. It's so easy to use that I am actually using it. Particularly helpful with the advanced punctuation because uh, I'm good for like three or four types of punctuation, and then that's where Grammarly 
premium kicks in. So, if you're looking to polish up your resume or just look smarter in your emails at work, do yourself a favor. Check out Grammarly. Go to grammarly.com slash fool and get 20% off your Grammarly premium account today. That's grammarly.com slash fool for 20% off your Grammarly premium account. Speaking of which, email from Steve Jenkins, who writes, I'm using my Grammarly Premium subscription to write this impactful email to tell you how much I enjoy the April Fool's Market Foolery podcast. The unbelievable podcast was made that much more believable by Taylor Muckerman's constant approving and reinforcing hmms throughout the back and forth with Jason Moser. Standardized street signs with advertising. Really? April Fool on, guys. Um, thank you for that, Steve. Thank you to everyone who's written in or tweeted at us about uh, the joke. I, I was telling someone on Monday about what we did on the episode, and he said, do you think anyone's going to be fooled? And I said, well, here's the thing. When people listen to podcasts, a lot of people are multitasking. They're driving, they're doing stuff around the house. And so, if, you know, only if part of your brain is on something else, then yeah, you might sort of get sucked in. And, uh, and in fact, that happened to me. Because Monday night I was at home listening to pardon the inter- uh, pardon the interruption the PTI podcast, and I was doing some dinner prep. And their their lead story was about Zion Williamson, the star basketball player for Duke. And it was they were talking about hey, Zion Williamson. Reports are he's not going to go pro. He's not going to the NBA. He's going back to Duke because he doesn't like the prospects of the teams he's going to be going to. And I was sitting there like chopping up some vegetables, thinking, "Boy, that's wow, that's a little surprising, but it's not that surprising." And uh, okay, and then they they totally got me. They you totally, fell for it. Totally fell for it. Um, I, you mentioned the Impossible Burgers, which leads me to Burger King. And I haven't, uh, I'm sure someone has written about this and I just haven't found it yet. But on April 1st, Burger King announced um, uh, it is testing a new burger called the Impossible Whopper. And people thought it was a joke because it was April 1st. And no, this is not a joke. This is, these are veggie burgers made by a company called Impossible Foods. Burger King is testing it at around 60 locations in the St. Louis area. So, for any of the dozens of listeners who are in the St. Louis area who want to test that out for us, do a little boots on the ground research, we'd appreciate it. You can email us, marketfoolery at fool.com. Um, you said you've tried these before. Not the Whoppers, because you, you haven't been to St. Louis lately, but you've tried these. I have. Um, I have tried the Beyond Meats burger. That's a company that also makes a kind of competing burger that's coming up for an IPO this year. And I'm actually trying the Impossible Burger with a friend on Friday. You know, very, very few times have I been upset that the Motley Fool is based out of Alexandria, Virginia. But today is one of those days because, man, I wish I was in St. Louis. I want to try this Impossible Whopper, but unfortunately, I'm limited to the restaurants around this area that sell it, which, of course, is going to lead to me paying $15 for a meatless burger just to give it a try. So again, if someone could do a little research for us, let us know in part because now we know it's going to really bum Emily out. But you got to try it and she didn't. Um, so Beyond Meats is going public later this year. Do we have timing on that IPO? Is that in the first half of this year as a lot of other companies seem to be moving up their IPOs or is it just or have they not put a date on it? You know, to best of my knowledge there's not a date on it, but they've they've had the prospectus out since November. Oh, okay. So it's it's been on the table for a while now. I think they're actually might be going through some some legal issues which has pushed that back a bit, but it's definitely going to be an exciting one to watch because not only is it 
get a new product with, you know, Impossible Burger is a is a competitor to them. They do similar things with different methodologies, but it's really nobody knows how large the industry could be for meatless burgers. If I mean, if they're able to produce ground meat that tastes like ground meat, is at the same price point as ground meat, nobody really knows how many people are going to start switching over to this meatless alternative. I know, personally, I would, uh, but it's TBD whether or not that ends up being a a quick fad or a long-term trend. I have to believe that this, even though it's not Beyond Meat who has this arrangement with Burger King, at least some of the people in the executive offices at Beyond Meat have to be Happy that this is happening because it really it it sort of raises the profile for this type of industry to make it even more viable. Exactly, and actually, Beyond Meats and Impossible Burger they've gone, or Impossible Foods I should say they've gone two different directions. While both are you know selling to to stores, Impossible Burger has spent a lot more time getting stores to start selling their burger where like where you go out to eat like restaurants, retail locations, and uh, and uh, sorry, Beyond Meats is much more focused on grocery stores. So they want the local consumer to go out and buy a meatless sausage, buy a meatless patty and cook it themselves. That's not to say that they don't have operations with with food chains, they do, but the focus of the two companies has been somewhat different. So I agree, I think that this is just going to push towards a long-term trend of accepting meatless alternatives. Emily Flippin, always good talking to you. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against, so don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's going to do it for this edition of Market Fuller. The show is mixed by Dan Boyd. Our man behind the glass is back behind the glass. Thank you, Chicago, for returning him safely to us. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you tomorrow. 